You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 116 of the College Loop Podcast. I am here joined today by Mr. Harris Target and Colin Byersdorf. I said Daniel Walk there. Uh, Tar, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I'm I'm doing great. Um, that's yeah. I'm, I'm actually I'm having one of the days of all time. So we're we're gonna keep moving. Colin Byersdorf, are you eating? Yeah. So I'm doing great because <laughs> the College Loop has hit 600 subscribers, and that means I am allowed to eat again. <laughs> so we're really living it up over here in the Byersdorf household. <laughs> Dylan, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, Colin, you still have a TikTok dance to do, my guy. You we're working yet, on that. You still <laughs> yet to do, we, we have since, we hit 500 and 600, and you still have yet to have done a TikTok dance. I think it's going to do two. You're going to do it's two. In the drafts. I got you. Colin literally can't stop eating because he's been starved for three weeks now. So um, that's that's where we're at. And 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 I'm not going to not going to waste any more time, fellas. Speaking of starved. <laughs> Speaking of starved. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's talk some Auburn ball. And Colin, once you uh, once you get that uh, pretzel. Are those the garlic pretzels, by the way? Yeah, they are. Oh, garlic God, farm. So good. Those are so good. I'm going to I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Byersdorf to facilitate the show today. No one. Yeah, so I guess just to start things off, we will touch on this ugly Texas A&M game one last time and just get our overall grades for offense, defense, and team as a whole. So I guess, Harrison, we can start with you. Sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on this. Auburn got touched on this. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on this. Um, offense is an F, period. End of sentence. Dylan's going to say something else here in a minute, and I have a nice rebuttal for that. Um yeah, offense is an F. I'm going to give the defense like a B plus. I thought they played pretty well, all things considered. Um, it's not their fault that they didn't have time to breathe. And let's not forget, if it weren't for Eugene Asante, Auburn literally would not have scored a touchdown. So I'm going to go B plus there. And I know that those should average out to like a C minus. Um, they don't to me because the offense was that bad. Um, in, in my test book today, uh, that not – it's not a 50-50 split on how many points you can achieve here. Um, it's it's not an even balance. Auburn got a D from me uh, against AM because I quite frankly think that they went out and just laid an egg. And we're going to talk a minute, I'm sure, uh, about what Hugh Freeze had to say. Um, but anyone saying that you hate losing when you feel like you played your best ball, I'm sorry, that's just bullshit. Um, you did not play your best ball. And uh, it was pretty hard to watch. So, Dylan, let, let's hear let's hear your grades. I'm going to give the offense an F+. Plus. Okay. Strictly to take away your entire opportunity to make a joke. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still putting down what you said in the graphic because Dylan's going to give him a D-, minus, right? I'll give him an F+. Plus. Huh? I'll yeah, give him an F+. Plus. Uh, that's what it's written down on my paper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which, give me an F+, because the run game was there, but for some reason, when something is going so well, you decide not to do it anymore. Which makes no sense to me. Watching Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batie, both averaged over five yards a carry. Sean Jackson got in, averaged 31 yards per carry. Just everything pointed at, we should be running the crap out of the ball against AM's defense. And we stopped doing it. A defense, I'm giving a B plus. Uh, they held up pretty strong for a game where they got... Uh, they, I think they were on the field longer. Or actually, they weren't, but it felt like they were on the field way longer than the offense was at any given time, which averaged out to a C-minus overall. Uh, shout out 
uh, Oscar Chapman for winning the College Loop Offensive Player of the Week, and yeah. Eugene Sante for winning the Defensive Player of the Week. Colin, before you cook, I need to go ahead and backtrack for a second because Dylan Levin, that's just ridiculous. The fact that you went out of your way to make, change your answer so I couldn't talk is crazy, by the way. That's absolutely nuts. Before we got on the air, I'm going to air out Dylan's dirty laundry. All of you in the comments section like to join me in doing that. You also like to air mine out, which is fine. Um, Dylan said something to the effect of like a D or a D minus um, and mentioned to the point, like he said, that the run game was there. And, and I said this before we went on the show, fellas. If you study for a test and you know the answers, and you put down the wrong answers, your professor does not give a shit if you actually knew what you were supposed to be doing. You still fail. Auburn knew what they needed to be be doing, or at least everybody else seemed to know what they needed to be doing, and they didn't. So they still failed, and they failed miserably on the offensive side of the ball. Colin Byersdorf, your grades for the a and I'll just call it an ass-whooping. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Um, the offense, uh, you know, they kind of played like garbage. Um, so that's that's an F for me. Um, didn't get to watch this game in its entirety live. Have gone back and, and cemented myself to that torture. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's an F. Um, defense, they played well. Like you said, Eugene Asante with a scoop and score with Jimbo on the field. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Jimbo on the field just made no sense. But defense is going to get – a B minus for me. So I think I'm copying Utah, but um, it's what we did, did this week. So D D for overall grade. They just, they played like, like garbage. It was a tough game to watch and it really, it hurt me as much as it hurt me watching Denver this week. And that was awesome. Tough. Oh man. You had a rough week of football. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a, a tough weekend. Oh, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse than what Daniel Locke went through this weekend. And let's not forget about his beloved Notre Dame fighting Irish. I would that say, one. as someone who has Tyreek Hill on his fantasy team, I am a-okay with what happened with the Broncos this weekend. Broncos Nation, let's ride. Also, side note, that is back-to-back shows now that we've had uh, someone not me um, slip up and have to censor themselves, so that's really funny. Um, this is There's a first time for everything, folks. Um, yeah, it's uh, that, that's a new one, but that's okay, Colin. Continue to cook. Yeah, so I guess we saw Hugh Freeze at the press conference today. Um, we kind of talked about back and forth in our, our group chat if this was a good press conference from him or a bad press conference. So I kind of just want to open that up to conversation. Um, a lot was said. Where do you start? I mean, like, like where where do we start here? I I think I I'm, I'm I may have been the first one to say it, and I don't I'm not the only one to have said it in the group chat. Like you mentioned, Colin, uh, I I went back and watched. In, in, in bits and pieces and then read transcripts. And, and I pretty much feel like I've seen the whole press conference. If I had missing parts, then I'm sorry. Um, and I'll just openly admit if you guys say something that I hadn't heard. But it was so bad it was good or so good it was bad. And I'm not sure which one it was. I, I can't really decide. Um, this is the most coach speak we've ever seen from Hugh Freeze in an Auburn, Auburn polo, period, by the way. Um, and, and we're going to get into that here a little bit later. But I want to start with the whole – Love, not hate for Georgia thing. That's that's where I want to start. Um, let me make myself crystal clear. Auburn's biggest rival is, has been, and always will be the University of Alabama, UAT, University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. That being said, no Auburn fan in their right mind has ever said, I tolerate the University of Georgia because they don't. Most 
Auburn fans that grew up in the state of Georgia, and I feel comfortable saying this because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Everybody knows Atlanta is a huge feeder for Auburn, Auburn students, will tell you that their hatred for the University of Georgia is similar to that of the University of Alabama, if not more. Hugh, I know you're new, and you admitted that. I appreciate that. You know, I'm saying I know I'm new here. There is no love lost in this rivalry. You might be the first Auburn coach to ever say anything nice about Georgia beyond that well-coached. Obviously, they're well-coached. Also, him not knowing how long it took Kirby to get to the top is wild. Wild. Um, that was bizarre. But Granted, I thought it took him like three years to get there, too. I forgot it was only two. No, trust well. me, I hadn't forgot. Um, yeah, it, this this is, a, folks, for those of you who are avid listeners to the College Loop and kind of think of uh, as of, of me as being kind of reserved and, and being a barner, just know that this will be the week that, you, that you'll get the full effect. Um, I hate no one more than I hate the University of Georgia. That's that simple. I, that's unprofessional as hell for me to say, but I'll say it. I don't really care. Um, yeah, that was a weird take. So that was weird. Hey, Dylan, did you um, – how did you like the coach speak about the quarterback situation? Yeah, I don't understand what Hugh Free saw in the film room sessions. If he's even watched the film of the game yet, but he watched the game like the rest of us did. Hey, if he hasn't watched the film, can you really blame him? <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, I, uh, I rhetorical question. Thank you, smartass. I say he watched it real time. I don't understand how you could possibly go into this game against Georgia and possibly think that you can succumb this team to another game of the Peyton Thorne experience. I, I think it's ran I think it's ran its course. I think that train has it hit its peak at, at the second half of Sanford, which should not ever be the case for any quarterback for any power five school that they had their best game against an FCS opponent and then absolutely crapped the what's the shot the pooch? Shoot the pooch. Screw the pooch. Turn, screw the pooch. There we go. Against their first FCC opponent in College Station. And I'm going to go ahead and warn everybody out there. Uh, this AM defense is not as good as this Georgia defense. It's not in the same jurisdiction. Exactly. And uh, we've been getting comments left and right talking about how, oh, well, you just like to, you just like Robbie Ashford for no reason. You just think he's all, this, he's all good for no reason. What have you seen from Peyton Thorne? What have you seen from Peyton Thorne? What have you seen from Holden Gurner? What have you seen from Hank Brown that says that they, anybody else should be starting at quarterback at all? What have you seen from any of the quarterback? We have film of Robbie Ashford. People hate Robbie Ashford because he was starting quarterback last year. That's the only reason you hate him. People go in and say, oh, he only completed one pass. We just got a comment about that. He only completed one pass because he had two of the passes dropped. People say, and you freeze talking about how he completely, they just completely abandoned the RPO because we just saw the fact that Robbie, Peyton Thorne, quicker than he may seem, he is not agile. He's not going to make people miss as, in the SEC. The RPO can't be run with Peyton Thorne, not in the SEC. If you want the RPO to be ran, give it the ball to Robbie Ashford. And if you don't want Robbie Ashford to play, fine. Get rid of the RPO. But Peyton Thorne should not be taking snaps as all starting quarterback for the remainder of uh, probably the season. Yeah, I was going to let Dylan go on that rant first. Colin, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Bring it back to the Hugh Freeze um, press conference, and then, and then, if it was, was it good or was it bad? I mean, 
I don't know how great it was. Like, obviously, he had <laughs> he had the Georgia comment, which as a first year head coach, he's he's really he's coached four games for us. Um, you can't be like throwing bones to our rivals. Um, that's just something that that irks me, and I know it irks everyone else. I've seen it all on Twitter today. Um, people are upset with that. We don't want to say like play for love instead of play for hate. I think was something that he kind of said. Um, I'll play for hate any day of the week. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. If I can wake up and, and hate a team, that's like maybe the number one motivator of why I'm going to like kick their ass is because I hate them. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And run up the score. Yeah, exactly. Or hear me I, out. <laughs> hear me okay. out. What if he frees as using Kirby Smart's own stupid uh, motivation te- techniques against him? What are you going to, you can't, you can't go in the locker room and put up bulletin board material saying Hugh Freeze loves you and have them be motivated to play on Saturdays. But if, if like South Carolina says that Georgia's on a top five loudest stadium at the SEC, he can do that. But he can't say Hugh Freeze is playing out of love this weekend. That's not going to get Georgia players riled up. That's not going to have them speeding to practice every day. <laughs> yeah, he can't say Hugh Freeze is going to baptize you. They might get upset. Exactly. It, maybe it's maybe it's just a uh, reverse psychology technique by by Coach Freeze. I will, I, I will add there has been less public smack talk from this Auburn team. I think and just and maybe it's a recent bias, but that there ha- than there has been in a while. Like uh, there have been in the past couple of years specifically a lot of smack talk, not backed up by the way, um, from from guys like on socials on social media, like just like kind of going after other guys. And it's, it's been more quiet this year. So I almost wondered if you're, if you're a little bit onto something you're doing about um, not giving other teams bulletin board material, which like in, inherently means that you don't expect to win games. Not great, but still. He uh, Frieza said that he even talked about in the press conference that he just like, I think we're giving each ourselves too much, like unrealistic expectations, which I think you're about to go into. I was about to mention that was the perfect way to kind of end this, in my opinion. I think that if there was a high point in all of this and this ruffled some feathers, I know. Um, everybody wants to win. They want to win now, especially in the age of the transfer portal. But Hugh Freeze mentioned quite possibly it's probably my, it's probably the best quote from Hugh Freeze since he's been the head coach at Auburn, which is why I can't figure out if this is a good press conference or a bad press conference because the Georgia take was bad. That was really bad. Uh, uh, and one of the worst. About, I don't care about the people that said, "Oh, read in full context." I don't give a shit. the the con the con, the way that it, it was delivered, it bad. This one was good. Him mentioning the. Fan perspective and fan patience does not matter one iota to him right now and that he cares about Auburn fans and that he appreciate, appreciates Auburn fans. But at the end of the day, he understands that there are people he has to answer to. And it's not anybody in this in, in this stream yard call. It's not anybody in our comments section. It's not anybody that follows us barring. I don't I don't I don't think anyone significant enough follows the podcast yet. If not, if, if you know those people, tell them to listen. Um, of course, I know a couple have listened in the past. There's your little innuendo. Um, but all things considered, he did. I mean, Dylan, that was funny. Thank you. Um, that was good. Uh, <laughs> it took me a second to realize what you actually said. <laughs> hey, honestly, we might look back on it and people may have wished that that would have gone differently. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that all things considered, now that I got Dylan falling out of his chair, he called some expectations ridiculous. And, and I think that the thing's right. Matter of fact, I know he's right. Um, I know that Dylan and I came on here in the preseason and said something about, like, there are ways that Auburn goes 10-2 this year. 
Um, don't like to call it projections. It's I, still on the table. It is still technically in the in the cards, mathematically. But we came in on the pre, on the preseason saying there's a way that Auburn wins ten games this year. There absolutely was. I want I want to I want to remind people I'm steadfast in that. Um, there's still a very real world that Auburn goes six and six, seven and five, eight and four, whatever, any anywhere combination between them. They're going to a bowl game. That's happening. Don't worry about that. But tailoring expectations is so so important. This group, and I think Q said this without saying it, and I'm, I'm going to shut up in a second, guys, I promise. But without saying this verbatim, Q Free said, look, I'm not the guy that came before me. I have a proven track record. I know how to do this at this level. I believe in what we're doing. I have tangible results I can show you. I have benchmarks. And those recruiting points and, and, and the recruiting rankings and seeing Auburn trending up with these bigger bigger recruits, we're going to talk about a young man that decommitted from the University of Georgia earlier this week here just a moment he has those tangible results that he can show and say look this is your one this is where we're at this is the floor we're only going to go up from here i have a clear vision that i have not only shared with the people who actually make the decisions at auburn but has pretty much shared with everybody and said hey look this thing's going to take time i'm not saying that it will take forever but it's going to take some time let's not forget folks auburn was in a shitter I'll, i'll leave it there yeah, and I mean, while looking at his track record, at the issue with this fan base, and I say this fan base, meaning my fan base, me, once you get used to a certain standard of play, it's hard for you to go through those two years and then come back out and not kind of expect a kind of a, a rejuvenation of success kind of stuff. Winning kind of is like crack cocaine. Exactly. You got to have it. Yeah. After, you've, after you taste it, you got to have it. Right. And the issue is, I saw the tweet saying that Auburn's not ready for a rebuild. I think that might have some legitimacy to it. I don't know if Auburn's, if Auburn fans are ready for another like six and six, seven and five season. But are they going to be ready whenever Hugh Freeze turns it around? Because he has a track record of doing that. He made, he gave, a, he gave Ole Miss a winning resume, which by all means is really hard to do. He, he won big games at Ole Miss. We have not seen an Ole Miss court coach do that since Hugh Freeze left. Correct. You still may never see it. And looking at what Hugh Freeze has done and what, he can't, what he's going to do, I mean, we are – I think Auburn is ultimately set up for future success. I don't think – I think for all of the, the glazing and the Auburn goggles that we put on during the show, I think that we all are in the same understanding that this is not going to be a winning, a championship competing team yet. But Hugh Freeze, given the resources that Auburn has, this is not Ole Miss. Auburn has the money. Auburn has the recruiting. Auburn has all the stuff that you need to build a championship winning program. Hugh Freeze can do it. Just need to be a little patient. I love that. Colin, if you want to expand, expand, expand on that, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that people just need to realize that it's not going to be instant, even with the era of the transfer portal win right now. You can't just completely turn around a team that was, uh, for lack of a better term, they were on the side of the road in the gutter. Um, sure. This team was bad, um, and it's going to take time to build it back up to what it was a few years ago. I mean, um, look at Florida State. Look at Florida State. Look at look at Colorado. They got ass kicked by Oregon today, which we knew was going to happen. By the way, yes, I think we should probably use Florida State as more uh, the better example. Mike Norvell's been there for what four years now. 
And he has yes. now finally established that FSU is a championship level team by using the transfer portal and recruiting. And they they don't even have a, a blue chip ratio. And I, I know Colin hates the fact that I'm saying that Florida State's the best the best uh, football team in uh, Florida right now, but it's true. And it's because they gave Norvell time and he built the team based on his culture. And let's not forget, Florida State fans did not give Norvell time. Florida State gave Norvell time because Florida State exactly. fans wanted yes. him um, yes. in, 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 in a hurry. They wanted him gone like the first year. Yeah, it's rough. And the, Travis, the Travis Hunter thing that happened. Dylan, you mentioned that uh, Collins, Colorado example doesn't uh, doesn't play as well as Florida State. I think you put those together, and it's the perfect synthesization. Uh, I think Colin, you got a ton of a ton of validity there. I mean, look, Colorado quickly brought themselves back to a contention, not contention, but competing level where they can at least play competent football against lesser opponents. Let's be honest; like Auburn would probably still be Colorado right now. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's, let's be honest there. Um, the benchmark when it's that low, it's a lot easier to see progression. Auburn mm-hmm. still had dudes to some effect, not a ton, not a ton, but still had dudes. And Auburn also plays in the toughest conference in, in, in college football, period. I know that we were talking before the show about how good the Pac-12 is, but like the SEC is the most competitive conference in college football. So it, it is going to take time. And I personally don't think it's crazy for us to say, look, if things aren't working out the way you want them to by year three, all right, fine, let's start talking. But until then, just shut up. I mean, uh, myself included. I'm, I'm going to overreact on Saturday. I, I promise you. This Saturday, when Auburn welcomes UGA to politely beat the living dog crap out of the Tigers, um, I'm going to be frustrated. But I'm also going to have to remind myself to keep it in perspective that this is going to take time and there are tangible results. That's that's the big thing for me, right? You, you never got that from Brian Harson. And at the end of the Malzahn tenure, it was almost kind of like riding off of his previous success. And I'm not... I'm not dogging on Gus. I really, really am a, a huge supporter of, of Gus and, and Christy and Malzahn family. Was it the right time to move on? Yes, that's another conversation, right? But there are tangible results, and you can see a plan. Look, if the plan doesn't work in, in three years and, and, and things are really not progress and you and you can't see growth, and Hugh Freeze mentioned this today, that Auburn fans should expect to see Auburn get better every week, and that's fair. And in and, and whatever capacity that looks like, that doesn't always mean the win-loss column in year one or year two. But seeing where Auburn is improving in areas where they have been historically bad, uh, when I say historically, I mean over the past half decade, right? That is what the expectation should be right now. Not winning a championship. If you get ahead of schedule next year and you win 10 games, that's awesome. But keep it in perspective. That's so, so, so important. That's my piece on that, Colin. All right. I think we've we've hit that topic. Um, and another topic we've already kind of hit um, – what would a Robbie Ashford-led Tigers team look like this Saturday? And I'm going to let you take this, Tar, because I know Dylan has already said his piece and will say it again. Um, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Well, uh, before I do that, uh, I'm going to just let everybody know um, that now is a good time to hashtag buy the damn shirt, um, Colin. And uh, we're, yes. we're going we're gonna to roll into that. Dylan, we throw that up on the screen for me real quick. You're the man. Appreciate you, Mr. Lark. If you are feeling so inclined, go to www.thewarreport.com. Pick up your very own feeling loopy college loop war report podcast network co-branded t-shirt most comfortable shirt you'll ever own comes in five colorways look great on game day look great watching the game on the couch look great going to get your groceries at kroger you look good all the time feel good look good feel good play good you guys know the rules all right and make sure that when you get your shirt you go on social media send a a selfie use hashtag feeling loopy 
and we will make sure we throw you up on the stream for whatever the next installment of the college loop is. We are happy to do it. We are so serious. Thank you guys so much for your continual support. Also, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. If you're watching on YouTube, give us all five stars on whatever streaming platform you're listening to. Colin, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I know you asked me about the Robbie Ashford question. Just need to tell people to buy the damn shirt. You know what I mean? Yes, we need people to buy the war damn shirt. So <laughs> oh, now, now you're throwing in more words. Buy the war damn shirt. I like it. I like it. By the, the it's going to be like 17 words long. You're going to have some kind of like long. We're going to say bada get up before it um, yes. by, by the end of the season. I like that. Um, which side note, does, Flo- does Florida also do two bits? Yeah, they do two bits. What? I learned that today. I yeah. learned that today. That's how behind on the times I am. So first Georgia had- steals our glory, glory, and now Florida stealing our two bit. I was stolen from a, actually community health. Community a- health a- a- A&M, is, A&M is stealing our swag surf. <sighs> Okay. Okay. Penn Robbie State, Ashford. Penn State stealing our Robbie, wide out. Robbie Ash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never mind. I should have let him if, go. So, if someone takes our eagle flight, I'm going to lose my mind. The uh, eagle did it. Did. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> they no. They just stole our eagle. They stole our eagle. <laughs> That's they literally they, did steal our eagle. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. By the way. Okay. All right. You asked me, Colin. What does the Robbie Ashford-led offense look like against the University of Georgia on Saturday? And. To kind of piggyback off what Dylan said, for those of you guys who have listened to the show for a long time, first off, thank you. For those of you guys who haven't, you'll this is all new to you. But for those of you guys who have listened to it for a long time, you know that I'm a huge proponent of one quarterback or no quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, I'm still on that. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But it is time to try it. Um, Robbie Ashford adds the element of, like he free said, Auburn got away from the RPO. <laughs> got away from it. Where was it? I never saw it. Um, and and I'm, just, I'm being candid. Um, he didn't even I'm, see it. I'm not dogging, really dogging on Peyton Thorne as much as I'm asking people why is Robbie Ashford not not the answer now. Um, I don't, I can't tell you this is going to work, Colin, but I can tell you this: if you have to scheme against Robbie Ashford right now, what we've seen on tape in the SEC, and granted it's one game, but what we've seen on tape, if you're scheming for Peyton Thorne, it is pretty one dimensional. Yeah, he can move move a little bit with his legs. But like Dylan mentioned earlier, moving around in the pocket has, has been tough to watch against P5s. It just, it just has. We have film with Robbie Ashford that can tell us that he can make extend plays with his feet. You're playing the number one team in the land on Saturday. Literally every single tr- trick you have in the bag, dump it out. It's time. There is no play that is too secretive that you need to keep it off tape. Robbie Ashford can be used in a number of packages. You can use him in, in, in the red zone. You can throw him out there on – a design QB run. You can throw him out there on the RPO. You can throw him out there on the option. Dylan mentioned the triple option, which gave me Paul Johnson, George Tech for, uh, flashbacks a minute ago, or I guess yeah, a day ago. But there are so many things that you can do in the run game, which is clearly Auburn, still Auburn's strong point. Does the offensive line need to improve? Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think the a Robbie Ashford-led offense – gives you the best choice, chance to put up points against a, a Georgia team that I just don't know how well you're going to be able to do that. Um, I just – I don't know that it's on the table. Um, I had someone tell me earlier in the week, if Auburn scores more than two offensive touchdowns, I will be amazed. They said, quote, I will be amazed. And the more I got to thinking about it, I kind of laughed in the moment. And then I was like, no, I think you're right. This Auburn offense has no identity. If you want to establish that identity of the RPO, Robbie Ashford's your option. Um, look, Robbie Ashford, and, and I'm, I'm going to put on the not – orange and blue glasses that Dylan wears, and I'm going to be objective. Robbie Ashford is not a great passer, um, but you don't know the sample size this year. We, we just we haven't had enough. Um, the level of competition he's gotten to throw against is not comparable to what he's going to have to play against should he be given the reins. 
but we have seen him do it in the past. He's got a good deep ball. We saw him in the, in the Bama game last year. If his shoulder's healthy, it's time to try it. Um, make make that defense cheat up. Give your receivers an opportunity to burn corners and, and burn those DBs and, and get behind the, 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 the secondary of, of, of UGA, which is still going to play you competitively. I think it gives you the best chance. Um, I, I don't I don't know that there's much more proof in the pudding that Peyton Thorne isn't ready for the moment. It looked too big for him for a noon kickoff in College Station where, I mean, let's be honest, 11 a.m. kickoffs uh, Central Time, right? Like, the environment's not what it could be. If that game would have been in Kyle Field, Auburn could have lost that game by 40 points. I'm, I'm not joking. I, it's it, it 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 does matter. And and you're playing on the see in the CBS slot on Saturday in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. And the last time this was going to be annual, you got to do something different. You got to make them respect you in the run game. You've got to make them have to scheme for a guy that they don't know how he's going to progress uh, in, in the passing game. Quite frankly, we don't either. But it's time to try it. So that's my my two two cents worth. I mean, yeah, um, I guess the only thing I can add on that before I let Dylan uh, run with it is that Robbie gives you more of a chance. I think Robbie just changes the offense completely. Um, we kind of saw this in um, the Texas A&M game where we'd go run, 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 pass outside, and that wasn't working. Um, with Robbie, he can he can do it himself, and we saw that at the end of last year. Um, so it's just – I think he, he makes the offense more dynamic at the end of the day. I agree. Dylan? Yeah, so I think that if Hugh Freeze does not go into this week planning on actively getting Robbie Ashford as behind center for the totality of the, of the Georgia game, I don't know what to think anymore. I have been – the biggest Robbie Ashford truther, I will remain the biggest Robbie Ashford truther because Peyton Thorne, he gained my respect and lost it within a six-day span, right? which is a crazy thing to do. Right. Uh, you got to think about how you want this offense to look like. You want to – Hugh Freeze wants to run the RPO. We just I just talked about how you can't do that with Peyton Thorne. You can do it with Robbie Ashford. And you get all these people talking about I'm still getting comments about it right now as we speak. Uh, people are just going – He's only completed one pass. Well, his completion percentage is 41%. Well, this and that, this and that, this and that. He sucked last year. He was in good last year. He wasn't – for what that team was last year, Robbie Asher was the best quarterback on the roster, and he had moments where he proved it. Robbie Asher was given a summer and a, a spring and a fall, all camps to get better. And we've been hearing the – if it's coach speak, let it be, I guess. But we've been hearing about how he free says that Robbie Ashford and Owen Gurner are nipping at Peyton Thorne's heels. And he even brought up the fact that Peyton Thorne has been playing very well in practice, but it's not transitioning over to the field very well. That is an issue that your veteran quarterback is having. Veteran quarterbacks should not be playing very well in practice and that's not transitioning over to the game. That should never be a, a problem you have with a veteran quarterback. True freshman? Yes. Fine. That works. True sophomore? Yeah, maybe. A redshirt junior? No. Robbie Ashford needs to get on the field. This is to be an RPO system. You are going to have to win both sides of the offense. And the only way you can do that is with Robbie Ashford. Because he can oh. pass the ball. He can make he can make throws. Two of the passes that were incomplete were on target. Just dropped. I don't I don't disagree, Dylan. Um, like like I mentioned, I, I think that Robbie Ashford gives you the best chance. I do think it'll be Peyton Thorne on Saturday. Um 
I know that's going to hurt some people's feelings. It's going to make some other people happy. Um, I definitely have, have confused some people this week. Um, ultimately, Auburn needs to start the quarterback that they think gives them the best chance. And, and that's that's a given, right? That, that feels like a layup question. If Hugh Freeze sticks with Peyton Thorne on Saturday, and, and we heard in the press conference today that that's fluid, but it feels like it's still Peyton Thorne. If, if, if Peyton Thorne is a starter against Georgia – this is the end of the leash, um, end, of, end of sentence. I actually, as much as you should never chalk a game up as a loss, I actually can understand some logic behind if you're going to figure it out, now's the time. I get it. I actually I actually do. Um, if you go in and you play, play well against the number one team in the land, against that defense, um, say what you want about their offense, Georgia's defense is still good, still very, very good. Um, if you can go in and, and, and show – signs of promise and, and and show that you can you can handle a moment that, that that's that big because the, let's be honest folks Auburn could be 0 and four right now in this game would still be a sellout and, and fans would still be delusionally hoping that Auburn can win this game I will be one of them but if Peyton Thorne goes downhill in a hurry on Saturday I need to see the leash pull um and and it's time to pull the cord on on, on that experiment um it's not like he transferred from a G5. It's not like he transferred from an FCS school. Transferred from Michigan State. You played in big atmospheres. Now, Big Ten football makes me as disgusted as the next person. I get it. But at the same time, you can't go out there and look like a freaking deer in the headlights against the number one team in the land. Because Auburn can lose this game and still find, I don't like the word moral victories, but still find a lot of positives. I, I firmly believe that. If, if Auburn goes out and, and plays the best football that it is capable of playing, and Hugh Freeze starts the guy that gives Auburn the best chance, whether that be Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford. I, I believe Robbie, uh, along with everyone here. But if he thinks that's Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne goes up there and plays to the best of Peyton Thorne's ability and plays reasonably well, you can look and say, Auburn did everything in its power to win this ballgame. If you came out on the winning side, great. If you go out and you lose in, in a close one, but you played your best ball, you can live with that. Now, if Peyton Thorne goes out and makes a mess out of this game and he doesn't get pulled, Hugh Freeze is about to learn how ruthless ruthless an, an SEC fan base can be. Again, I know he's been there before, but he's going to learn how ruthless an SEC fan base where a lot of them have cognitive memory of championships can be. Just saying. Well, I think the best thing that Auburn can get out of this game outside of a win is finding an identity offensively bingo bingo and i just i think that i think cal and AM both showed us that you can't find that identity with thorn he didn't make it he didn't have a turnover against AM. fine that's awesome i'm glad he finally went four quarters without turning over the ball but here's the bad part 44 yard passing negative 34 yards on the ground 10 total yards and all and i'm pretty sure let me check my math on that real quick before i look stupid on air uh, again uh but for all that's worth i have not looked stupid for any of my robbie Ashford takes and i think that you look at this game from top to bottom looking at where we stand now looking at how the run running game has been and i got it right he had negative 34 rushing yards 10 total yards from the starting quarterback robbie ashford should have the keys to the metaphorical cadillac because if you want to run the ball, if you want to have you know your best position group 
prove that they're the best position group outside of the secondary. You need to utilize a quarterback who can benefit from those strengths. And who better than the guy if you call a play action pass? They don't know. They're going to be a little worried if it's going to be a, a halfback run or a quarterback run or even a little slant route. Robbie Ashford gives you the ability to get the ball down the field just as much Peyton Thorne does. Robbie Ashford's best attribute as a passer is his deep ball. Does intermediate passing routes? He's been a little inconsistent with. We've seen that. I will not. I try to sunshine pump that much where I can say that he will make those throws nine times out of ten. But I've not seen the season where I've seen any of those balls get past him. The one again with Jair Shorter, that was miscommunication. I completely understand that. It happens all the time with quarterbacks. Short yardage routes, he did that against Sanford, and he went he, he went three of three on those short intermediate those short routes. Robbie Ashford can be utilized in a way that will make this Georgia defense kind of more aware of what an Auburn offense can do, especially with the talent around. Those wide receivers are good. They either start catching the ball, but they're good. This offensive line can be good. Tight end room is really good. Ravado Fairweather is a G. He's a dog, if you will. Jacqueline Hunter, still healthy. Brian Batie, still healthy. Jeremiah Cobb, still healthy. Sean Jackson, the best quarterback to ever touch the field at Jordan-Hare Stadium. You got to utilize a quarterback that is going to help benefit your offense the most, and that is not Peyton Thorne. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's uh, I feel like that that really kind of closes it there. Um, to be real with you, uh, I will part with this, Colin, as I let you move forward with the show. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I think we hit this one pretty good. You uh, um, yeah, get, let me let me leave you with this. It's short. It's short. For the, how much Robbie Ashford did for this team last year, the only player I've seen Auburn fans turn on that hard. About to win the Heisman at Oregon. Continue, Colin. All right. So I know we've had a lot of Georgia talk on this show today, and not many of our fans would appreciate that Georgia talk, but here's some Georgia talk that I think everyone can get excited about. <laughs> uh, one of the top wide receiver recruits in the 2024 class, Nikar, has decommitted from the Georgia Bulldogs and will be visiting Auburn this weekend to see those Bulldogs take on our Tigers. Hello. Um, hello. Uh, so I just wanted to see, do we have a chance, a real chance at landing Mr. Carr right here? Not this weekend, obviously, but making a lasting impression and continuing uh, to recruit him down the line. You can pull him out of you. If you, if he's decommitted from UGA, he's listening to all serious offers. Um, and that sounds like free agency, but like, that's what recruiting is now. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody that get that Hugh Freeze can get in front of for an extended period of time and give them an, show them an environment, like what we're going to see at Jordan Hare on Saturday. Hell yeah, I think Auburn has a chance. And I'm not just being biased. I think that if you can get any big-name recruit in, in, in an environment like that or like the Iron Bowl and let them get, get in front of Hugh Freeze, in front of Cadillac Williams, in front of Zach Etheridge, Trevon Reed, you got a chance, man. I mean, th this group can recruit, and, and they know what they're doing, and they're intentional. Um, so I absolutely do think so, and I think Nykar does have a lot of interest uh, at, at Auburn. I mean, when it comes to most coaches around the, around the league, the, the term buyout – uh, comes out a lot in reference to a lot of coaches uh, like Jim Fisher for once, for one. But buy-in has been something that Hugh Freeze has been preaching about. Right. These recruits want to come to Auburn really bad because they want to play for Hugh Freeze. They want to play with Walker White, who's been one of the biggest recruiters on, not one of the biggest recruiters that's not on staff per se. Right. <laughs> and 
just the fact that Nykar is just even looking at Auburn after decommitting from Georgia is absolutely crazy. Surely, well, then again, Auburn does have to beat out a couple of other big-time schools, right. i.e. Miami and Florida State, who have sure. very warm interests uh, per 24-7. Uh, and those are going to be your big dogs. Uh, they're back up at the top of the sport right now uh, because they're winning games. Uh, but Carr is just – he's an athlete, dude. He is – he's 5'11", 170, I believe, is what I what I read. Yeah, 170. Uh, dude's a beast. Uh, he's athletic, fast, quick, agile. He's gonna he's gonna good match hand. up good hands. He's gonna match up very well with Bryce Kane, and uh, and oh my god, I oh my god. How about Perry Thompson? Perry Thompson. I was I was, I, 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 I was waiting, bro. All I could see was Cam Coleman, which <laughs> Auburn's still on the phone with Cam Coleman. By the way, Auburn could run four wide next year of just freshman wide receivers. Let that be known. But yeah, uh, just don't take the ball out of my boy Shane Hooks' hands. Yeah, continue. Shane Hooks isn't he? Is this last year eligibility or no? He's got one more year, right? It's always safe to assume they have one more year now. I, yeah, I feel like years. That, yeah. <laughs> Good point. But just the fact that Auburn is currently going at these big time wide receiver targets is huge. I, I've been an Auburn fan. My entire life, I have never seen a recruiting class put together to where Auburn is actively getting weapons like this. It's never happened. Auburn just gets like one or two wide receivers and are not going to be like your higher higher level of wide receivers. You're not going to get a guy like uh, Perry Thompson coming around. You're not going to have guys. Like an Anthony Schwartz. Do what? You're going to get like an Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. And you're going to luck out and get a three-star wide receiver who ends up being a Seth Williams. Yeah. Like, that's usually what the Gus Malzahn era was like. And then the Brian Harson era, it was, I'm not recruiting based on their talent. I'm based on their character, which... Stop that. He's not recruiting, period. <laughs> he just lied in general. He wasn't doing either. He was just not doing it. Yeah. Then Hugh Freeze comes in and is like, we're establishing a culture here. Don't look at the record right now. But get ready for what the record's going to be next year and the year after when these players start buying in and getting in the practice and getting in these reps when Perry Thompson's an immediate starter, when DeMarcus Riddick stepped on that field game one of the 2024 season, and then comes and walks the 2025 class. And then slowly and surely Auburn is going to be a perennial top five recruiting team. Colin, you got him on this, by the way. My bad. Just, just sitting there thinking that Auburn is possibly – that's a year out from being a top five class in the recruiting world because of what Hugh Freeze is doing for Auburn recruiting. The win's got to come too. Continue, Colin. Well, with that, um, how about we talk a little hardwood on the college loop, something we've oh, not done. I love it when you talk dirty. Ever. Um, men's and women's basketball have both started practice. Uh, we, that means we're less than, what, 50 days out from the season? That's right. 44? I think it's 48. I but I could be completely wrong. I thought it was um, 50 like last Monday. Either way, we got hardwood on the planes, and I am so pumped just for this to come back. Um, obviously, looking at the men's schedule, we got the Baylor game to start off, but then uh, yeah. the the SEC ACC challenge. Uh, we we pulled Virginia Tech. We've known that, but now we know we plan them at 8:15 on uh, ESPN Deuce. 
So I love be, that. Yeah, that'll Let's be run a it. fun game. I still hate the fact that it's Virginia Tech. I really wanted revenge. Yeah, on Virginia. This, that's other wrong. Wrong people. Virginia school. Yeah. The, How the, long is the only like the challenge going through for? Like, cause I know that we did Big Twelve forever. Uh, we're still doing Big Twelve, right? Are yeah, we? Don't we? Are we playing Oklahoma? This yeah, year? they're just adding ACC. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, it's no, no Oklahoma. Who do we play this year? Baylor. Well, Baylor. 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 I don't know if no, that's from. I don't. The the Baylor's, but... Baylor's not the Big Twelve challenge. The Baylor's like one of the tournaments, early season tournaments, right? I don't think so. I think it's just like a normal game. I think uh, I think it's just a non-con. Because USC is out is out there. We have to play Indiana. Yeah, uh, Auburn's got a tough non-con <laughs> dude. What are you talking about, dude? Indiana's nothing. I'm saying that because I'm just going to wait for uh, Daniel, Daniel to watch to the, show. To the show. Yeah, that's yeah. the way to see if Daniel listens to the show. <laughs> if, he, if he gets 44 minutes in yeah. and, and here's the Indiana part, we'll know. Yeah. I mean, um, what has Indiana really done anything? Fellas, who who are you guys most excited for? Just what one one name answers. Most excited to watch on this men's team this year. Uh, Cheney Johnson. Great answer. Don? I don't want to be a copycat, but I'm going to change it and say Aiden Holloway. That's, I mean, that's the layup, right? That's the layup. I, I'm going with another layup, by the way. I'm, I'm not getting creative. Um, Jani Broom is about to prove to people that he can be a top 10 pick in this 2024 NBA draft. I'm, I'm just telling you right now. Like, the that dude is going to go absolutely nuts. Um, he might be like the Auburn Oscar Shibwe, kind of like like whenever they talk about Auburn, like even if they have a higher rated recruit, uh, recruit um, the Janai Broom, like will be the like. Oh, by the way, Janai Broom did this. Janai Broom is wearing two different color shoelaces today. You know what I mean? Like, something <laughs> like that. that 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 feels plausible. And you know what? It would be very nice for Auburn. I, Auburn does not have a Big Twelve challenge here. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're replacing it with the ACC. Are we? Yeah, I, I think thought, it's. I, I think the, the Big Twelve challenge is over. That's lame. That's lame. I I don't mind hard non-conference schedules at all, and and and, and hoops. Um, I don't really mind them in any sport, but like in hoops specifically, because you can bounce back pretty quickly in hoops. And if you get out of it, you get a good seed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you, the risk is so far outweighed by the reward. Uh, the reward is so far. Like it, it over, over, oversees the, the risk um, in, in those situations. So, but Virginia Tech, a fun pool, but not like a good pool. Is there uh, a game on the schedule that y'all are excited for the most? Uh, the USC game, and then on the non-con. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, USC. Um, I'll be honest. Like, I'm really, really excited to watch Auburn play a very talented, very, very talented USC team uh, at home. Yes, I know there's the, the obvious that we're, we're going to get Bronny, which is cool. By the way, like just embrace that. The fact that, that it's just cool. It's going to be fun to watch him play college basketball. People can say what you want about being annoyed about LeBron being in the, in the headlines. Bronny's going to be really fun to watch. Bryce is going to be more fun when he gets there. Is he still uh, – Bronny's as of, healthy. As of he's right still, now, he's hooping. As of right he's now, healthy. he's okay. hooping. Just sure. Um, I, I don't know what all that looks like, but um, very excited. I mean, that team's talented to, yeah, to no end. Like they're going to be a deep run team this Oh, year. yeah. That's um, it's gonna be an awesome that game. That's gonna be our tickets on sale yet. Hmm? Are tickets on sale yet for that? No, not yet. I will. I will let you know as soon as I go live because I will be buying probably four. So I'll go and let you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, that's gonna be fun. I'm a huge like that's a huge like nut up and get good game. Like we're we're about to find out what you're made of early, and And it's it's between a pretty like 
nice slate. Yeah. Because uh, you get you play Indiana for holiday hoops giving. Then you get a nice little break with UNC Asheville. Then you get USC and then Alabama State, Chattanooga, then right. Penn to kind of get you into Arkansas. I, I that game's gonna be super fun. What about you guys? Colin, you got a game in the non conflict you're circling? I mean, obviously USC. Um just a chance to see a talent like Bronny uh live in person. Like and that you don't, gonna be nuts. Yeah, it's just gonna be fun. Like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. That game will be fun. Uh, give yep. me the exhibition match versus AUM, a battle of my bachelor's and master's degree programs. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the answer is USC. That's that's, right. that's just as simple as that. That no, game. No. That I asked that question. No one's going to go around the horn. Uh, yeah, but I mean, okay. My my women's watch. basketball question. I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys super super quickly. Um, who are you guys most excited to watch? I know this is like the same question I asked about men's, but like, who are you guys most excited to watch, and why is it the Honesty Scott Grayson farewell tour? I, I'll let Dylan take this first. I right, got it. I, I got to make sure that I, I'm trying to figure out which one who's starting, but it's going to probably be Savannah Scott. Yeah. The center out of uh, the freshman because Auburn coach Jay did it. She brought a big <laughs> who can play to the women's basketball team. Let's go. We can rebound. Finally, this is a win. This is we're already undefeated before the season even starts. Not even counting the European World Tour over there. <laughs> this is a win, huge win. I'll even put throw in Tamaya Thurman up there as well. Getting two freshmen who are six four and up. Colin, I'll go the opposite direction. I'll go someone that's been here a little shorter, uh, Sydney Shaw. That was my next answer. Honorable mention. Yes, I think uh, she'll be super fun to watch. I want to see Dan- how she's Daniel progressed. Daniel wants Carson McFadden. Can I? Can I say like a wild, like hot take about Auburn women's basketball? Speaking of Sydney Shaw. Sure. I think Sydney Shaw, and this is at fifty thirteen, by the way. Um, I think Sydney Shaw has all the tools to be a better version. Of honesty, Scott Grayson and honesty, Scott Grayson is special, very, very special. Uh, don't get me wrong; I'm, I'm excited for her farewell tour, but I think this is also going to be kind of like the passing of the of of, of the uh, of the changing of the guard, and I, literally of the guard. That was pretty good. Haha, uh-huh. I'm proud of myself for that one. But Sydney Shaw, I mean, yeah, she's she's a three level scorer. She can handle the ball extremely well, which obviously is going to be honesty's job this year. It should be. Um, she met she's mentored a lot, at least on the outside. It looks like she's learned a lot from from honesty, and that's the person to learn from right i am very 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 high on on her potential um with as only a sophomore this year uh and going into correct so, so, sophomore correct yep she's a true freshman last year i didn't remember if she was a redshirt or not but yeah true freshman i think she's got the stuff i mean i i think that she really could be breaking honestly scott grayson's records in three years just it. just throwing that one out there so I mean, there's always a chance, but I guess transitioning to another on-court sport. Just to keep it even, though, are there any non-con games for women's basketball that you're excited for this season? Colin? No, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've not looked at the schedule, so I'd have to take a take a quick gander. There's an easy answer. It's Clemson. Revenge game. Revenge. Revenge tour starts 
at Clemson, but you got to get through West Georgia, Columbus State, Jacksonville State, the Raging Cajuns, the birthplace of college football, the women's basketball version, uh, Cal, uh, UCF, or sorry, Central Florida. Sorry, correction, Central Florida. Alabama AM, and then you wrap up with the ACC SEC Challenge with Clemson. Then you got UAB, Little Rock, Alabama State, Norfolk State, Washington State, North Alabama. Then you get started with the Lady Volunteers. That Rutgers game could be weird, by the way. Just, just saying, just saying. Rutgers looks a whole lot different this year than they did last year in women's hoops. So just throwing that out there. You know, that's a slap in the face for both basketball teams. They have to open up the SEC play with women's basketball. Has to open up with Tennessee. Men's has to open up with Arkansas. Slap in the face. And welcome That's to the opportunity, SEC. my brother. Well, yeah, but also so welcome to the SEC moment. It's like starting off your SEC slate. With SEC. This is new. It's not new. It's not. It's new. not new. But Colin, then again, you're, you're about to cook about volleyball, my man. I'm gonna let you. All right. So thank you, Tar. But no, Auburn volleyball had a, a big weekend here in the plains, uh, hosting number three Florida in the Nev for the first ever ranked volleyball match in Neville Arena. Might I add third highest attendance all time for an Auburn volleyball match. So um, the people showed out for this game and uh, it did not disappoint. Uh, went to five sets, um, three of which had to go a little, little long, played a deuce. Um, so these teams were, were neck and neck all night. Auburn did not come away with the dub, um, lost in the fifth set, extra in extra time in the, in the fifth set. Um, but no, Akasha Anderson showed out, had 18 kills, led the whole match, um, was just dominant on the outside. And um, the Tigers then followed that up uh, against Ole Miss on Sunday and took care of business uh, on the short turnaround. Uh, but yeah, um, I stock in Auburn volleyball. Is this team better than we thought they were? I, I think so. This team is so – we cannot forget that how young they are. It is like right. almost entirely sophomores and freshmen. And – they have this is the third week in a row they've been ranked. Um, which I don't know when the last time an Auburn team has ever been able to say that. None because um, it's the first year, yeah, because it's the first time they've been ranked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're taking care of business and the people are noticing. Big up, Suburban Crouch and Company. Continue on and keep cooking, Mr. Byersdorf. Yeah, so then on, on the pitch, um, Auburn soccer, uh, title miss nil nil. Um, it was Maddie Prohaska's 23rd career shutout, which uh, bumped her up to third all-time uh, on the list. So she's out there cooking. Um, I think the Tigers prevented any shots on goal in the second half and then just outscored Ole Miss but just couldn't find the back of the net, which has been the story. Right. The, this entire season, last season, uh, just offensive struggles. Not even struggles, just not being able to, to finish. Hmm. That sounds familiar Can across a couple number different sports. seven. South Carolina in four yeah, days or three right. days as it comes out. Tough. Well, that's uh, I believe that's all we got for the college loop today, correct, Colin? Yeah. Hey, by the way, give it up for Mr. Byersdorf. Freaking running the show today. How about that? How'd that how'd it feel, man? You, you got some confidence? Dude, it, it felt good. I'm <laughs> powerful now. What felt, what felt better? Running the show or actually getting to eat for once? Dude, I'm it was eating, man. It's been too long. <laughs> Well, that's good because uh, time's ticking. It resets next week if we're not by that 700 by uh, next Saturday. Not this Saturday, next Saturday. So uh, you may want to start campaigning to get us to 700 subs on YouTube sooner than later. Um, yeah, we should get to 700 or I'm going to have to start putting some weight on these next couple days. <laughs> you have to like hibernate. <laughs> All right, Colin. Two ways everybody can support the show. Tell us. 
Um, so you could like and subscribe. That is two there, I guess, technically. But you could also buy the Wardam shirt. <laughs> there um, you go. That's at thewardport.com or in the description of any of our shows. Colin, tell everybody where they can find you. Love you and support you. Yeah, so you can just follow my Twitter, um, at Colin. That's B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F, Colin. Right on, man. I am Harry Sitar, at Sitar on the Bird app, if you want to come hang out with me there. Always love to interact with you guys. Always love your questions. On that same note, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel if you're watching on the YouTube stream. If you're not, we're not judging, and we appreciate your listener listenership as well. Make sure you give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, whatever platform that looks like on whatever platform you're listening to, because we are available on all of them. Don't we'll list them here in a moment. Make sure to drop your comments. We are ready to listen to those score predictions. We'll make sure we star them and put them up on the pregame show later in the week for Auburn uh, hosting number one. UGA in football this Saturday. Also, if you want to give any other takes for any other sport, we are all ears. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right. Tell us where you're wrong. Tell us where you're right. Want to hear all about that. Thank you guys so much for your continual support. 600 subs. Still can't get over that, guys. You guys are absolutely crazy. We love you. Loopers are the best listeners in the world, and you can't change my mind. Dylan, I'm going to let you get us out of here. Tomorrow, they're not going to tell us when they're wrong. They won't tell us when we're wrong. You know. Uh, that's it's, But that's their job. It's, it's checks and balances. Hey, I mean, I, I got my first ever hate comment from a message board. Which I, which is hilarious to me. I am yeah, so glad. You take, that, you take that stuff way better than I do. I love it. I live for it. I, I, I love it. I, if if people aren't hating me, I'm not doing anything right. That's how I imagine it. So I embrace the hate. I, hate runs college athletics so much, and it runs me. Just know. You mean you don't me. want to kill them with love? No. <laughs> if you hate my Robbie Asher picks, uh, go follow me on Twitter, where you can also give me some more engagement as well for giving me your bad opinions about Robbie Asher. It's right there, at your boy the tank, at Y-A-B-O-Y the tank. Also have me Instagram, at Dylan Lark, at D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. And you can follow us here in the College Loop. You have us literally everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. And am I missing one? Uh, we're not at 1,000, so we're not in MySpace. Uh, not in MySpace quite yet. Uh, but Colin's got to run that and just or 392 subscribers as oh, I am looking at Colin really goes through the ringer around here, bro. How does Daniel get off scot-free? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. <laughs> he got to run the MySpace, man. I'll put you for that. How about this? 800, Daniel has to start running a Reddit. Oh, I like that. Well, now you have two goals. <laughs> and of course, uh, right here on YouTube, we should like, comment, subscribe, leave your questions, leave your thoughts, tell us why Robbie Asher should start. Tell us why people were saying that Hank Brown should be put in for whatever reason. If they don't want Robbie Asher to play, they're like, all right, throw in the freshman. That makes perfect sense to me. Yep. And, of course, if you're tired of seeing our faces, I completely understand. Look at Colin. I don't understand why you want to listen to it with audio only, but you can. On Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And, of course, all that being said, buy the shirt. Hashtag feeling loopy. Throw it up there real quick. And, again, this has been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>